0: Hey babes and welcome to this podcast episode the 12 fundamental beliefs which ones do you have so i'm not actually going to go through all of the 12 fundamental beliefs in this episode but i'm going to share with you what they are and i'm going to go through three of them so you can get a bit of an idea get a bit of a taste because oh my gosh their game changes to know, to understand, to know which ones you have, to know how they come out in your life. Um, really, really empowering stuff. So these 12 fundamental beliefs come from William Whitecloud's work, Natural Success, of which I am a um, trained coach uh, in the work. It's a big part of the work that I do with people is this methodology because it's just Fucking awesome. Um, and it's using the principles. I was, well, I guess it's using a few different things, but the principles of alchemy that have been passed down for centuries and centuries, how to live a life guided by your intuition and your greatness and, and manifest that and create that and continually move from your lower nature to your higher nature. You will always default back to your lower nature, move into your higher nature, turn your lead into gold. So that's what uh, the work is about. But William Whitecloud has um, developed these 12 fundamental beliefs to use in the work um, that are just really awesome. So I want to share some of them with you. So firstly, what is a fundamental belief in this context? So you've probably, you know, I would say you're probably aware by now that when we're growing up from between the ages of zero and I think it's about seven, we haven't developed our critical thinking capabilities yet. And so we make, everything just kind of goes in and we make things mean things about us. Basically, anything that happens to us, we think it is because of us and it means something about us, right? So, what happens is that we get core wounding. You might be familiar with the terminology of core wounding, um, especially if you've you know, done any Tantra training or I don't know if it comes from other like it's in all yogic philosophy, but I know that I learned it through tantric um training. Um, but you know, this this concept of core wounding, we've all got core wounding, the core wound of how you, you know, you were a, a pure divine being and you entered the physical realm and there was some way in which as a child your needs weren't met. And that is just the way that it is. Like that is just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, that's just part of the experience is that there would have been a, a time and ways in which your parents did not meet your needs. Not because of anything they did wrong. I mean, you also can have shitty parents, but even if you didn't have shitty parents, you know, something happens and you're needs weren't met and you made it mean something about you, right? So that it just happens to all of us. And that's what forms our fundamental beliefs is these experiences when we are young, very young, where our needs aren't met. And then we just make up something that it means about us. It means I'm unworthy. It means I'm not good enough. It means I'm incapable. It means I don't belong right? And so, we just take that on and then that starts to be the lens through which we see life, you know? And that's um, that's our core fundamental beliefs. So, then you can have beliefs about things in life, but they're not like a fundamental belief. They're, a belie- they're, they're beliefs that could change. You know, I teach this in my money work where it's like there are beliefs that you have about money, which can be changed. And, you know, it's not necessarily that hard to change them because it's just a belief about something external. Even if they're things that are developed quite young and they can be really ingrained, you know, you can change them. But the premise with these fundamental beliefs is that they don't change. Like this is just the core imprint. Um, and that's not bad. You know, we all have them. And you just really want to know yours so you know how it crops up and how to be aware of it. You don't have to change it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to heal it. You don't have to do anything with it except for recognize it, know it, and be able to step out of it um, and back into your power. In saying that, I do think there's helpful healing work that you can do around your um, fundamental beliefs if you experience them, you know, so strongly that you're having a bit of a trauma response to them, which I think I used to, honestly. Um, and is quite normal. And I I do think, I mean, it's totally not the scope of this podcast, but from what I observe and experience is like they you can have them um so you can think of any fundamental belief as like a trauma you incurred. Whether something actually bad happened to you or not it was traumatic to you because of what you made it mean in the situation, right? And so there can be, I think people have different levels of how traumatizing those experiences were. Um, Again, that's actually got nothing to do with, uh, on, on an external level, how big someone might, you know, rate the trauma. It's all to do with how you internalized it and to what degree you internalized that, that's like the level of trauma. And that's the same for any trauma you experience. It's not really about how much someone as an objective bystander would judge it as being traumatic. It's about how you internalized it because it's all about how you Um, processed and experienced it in your nervous system. And the whole point is that your nervous system couldn't actually fully process it. This is going on a totally different track. So I'm going to not keep going down that track, but basically, you know, you, you can do helpful work on your fundamental beliefs so that they don't overtake your nervous system when you feel triggered uh, such that you you feel totally immobilized um and your reptilian brain has just completely taken over uh, but you can also you know part of that work on them is is actually just being aware of them as well and aware that they're they're an illusion they're completely an illusion and we go around thinking that it's real and and we get really upset about things and about life when we feel like it's real all of us do it Okay, so we've got um these fundamental beliefs that are created, they're with us for life, um, but you can do a lot of work, well, the the work that I'm talking about, so that it it they don't run your life. You know, they're in your life, but they don't run your life. They don't have the power, they don't have a strong grip on you. And you you can just see them there of like, oh yeah, hi, <laughs> you know. You can take the back seat. Uh, you know, I've got this. So anyway. Fundamental beliefs. So, um, so William has put together what he sees as these 12 fundamental beliefs. And again, like I have found this so empowering, and I've seen so many people go through these 12 fundamental beliefs and just be totally blown away and, and have it be such a game changer for them. And I'll just share with you um, one of mine, the one of mine that has been the one that I feel like I had quite like a trauma response basically to it is one around no one wants me. And there, and then what I made that mean is I'm bad. Something bad about me, and nobody wants me. And it actually came from my first night in hospital. So my first night in hospital after I was born, you know all the babies were kept in the nursery, and I started crying. This is what I've been told, and then I, and I've had such strong emotional reactions to it, which isn't like me, typically. And I was crying, and so the nurses or doctor or whatever, put me in this naughty corner to just cry the rest of the night. And so, you know, when you're a baby, the uh, like crying is the only way to get your needs met. And if no one comes to you, you think you're going to die because you are completely and totally helpless. So you might already know that, but if you're a baby and you're crying and no one comes, it means I'm going to die. So in my first night in hospital, that's what happened. That was my experience. And obviously I don't remember that consciously, but I burst out crying the first time that I was told that. And, you know, and it's it's just weird because I don't consciously remember it to have such a strong emotional reaction. And when I've told people about it before, like I think it was around the time I was 20, maybe that I got told that, I have cried, you know, in telling people, like it's totally caught me off guard. And so I know there's a lot of stuff stored there. And then the more that I really delve into self-awareness and, um, my, my stuff and what comes up, I can, I can just see like, that's the sensation. The sensation is nobody wants me and I'm not going to be viable and I'm going to die because of it. Um, and it's just this complete survival, uh, orientation. So that's just a little example, you know my mom didn't do something wrong. My dad didn't do something wrong. It was just a situation that happened. And then what I made it mean about myself. So I'm going to go through a couple of the uh, 12 fundamentals beliefs. So you can get a bit of a sense for them, a bit of a feel for them. So the first one that I'll go through, which is one of the most common ones is I'm unworthy. And I'm unworthy... So people that have I'm unworthy, is this core, and again, or not again, but what I haven't specified is that this doesn't mean this is everything you feel. Like you still have your pure creative spirit, your soul, your genius, your greatness. And so you well, you feel these things sometimes, but not all the time. This isn't your only reality. Although I would say that for first I don't know how many years of my life until I was 21 or 20 yeah when I uh, started to get into um, you know healing the past and spiritual development stuff I would have like pretty well mostly lived in this shit like I, I felt terrible I hated myself and I you know like I would have predominantly felt these things and not had like, oh, I just feel that sometimes because I'm also really connected to my greatness. So I just wanted to specify that in case like you do feel this stuff all the time, because that's also normal. It's just like how grounded you also are in, in that greatness side of yourself or aspect of yourself. So we've got unworthy, um, which is actually mother derived. Um, so it comes from a lack of nurturing from your mother, which may have been her actually lacking nurturing you. It could have just been an event that happened like mine where you just interpreted it that way. And, um, so someone that would have, I'm worthy. So the, so you're unconsciously always trying to resolve that. That's what we're all doing with our fundamental beliefs. We're unconsciously always trying to resolve it. So to become worthy um, or if you've got like the next one is I'm not good enough. So if you've got that, it's like your whole life is based around like becoming good enough. How can I be good enough? So with unworthy, the strategies that you will generally employ unconsciously to be like, how can I be good enough? I need to be good then. No, well, not good enough um, for unworthy, but but basically good. Because if you're unworthy, usually it's this sense of bad. So how can I be good? And it's like, you know, um, being overly nice to people, overly accommodating, having no boundaries. I don't know if you ever experience those people. I do, where they're like, they're so nice that you can feel it's not genuine and it's annoying, but you feel bad for not liking them because they're trying so hard, right? I'm like I'm sure they might not that kind of thing might not rub everyone the wrong way, but really rubs me the wrong way because <laughs> uh, I grew up with a sister that had that. Hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, but yes, so always like trying to get approval, trying to be good. Um, just, but you, but you also are doing it in a way where you're unconsciously trying to manipulate people to get their approval, even though like it's being really nice and being really helpful. Um, but you're actually, you're actually trying to manipulate people, even though you'd never think that of yourself, because uh, you're just trying to be good, just trying to be good, setting really high standards for yourself and punishing yourself if you don't achieve them. Um, doing things a worthy person would do, a good person would do, being a good Christian, being a good mom, being a good community member, being a good whatever. And then also sabotaging situations that you're in. So we leaving them before someone can find you out for being unworthy. So there's, there's a lot more. It than that, but there's some strategies that can be employed by someone that's got the unworthiness going, which is one of the really most common ones. I definitely have some of unworthy. Then the next one I'm going to go through, which is also one of the really common ones that I also have a lot of. I've got, a, I, I really have unworthy and I'm not good enough. And so, unworthy, I mean, I'm not good enough is seeking being good enough, is seeking being whole. And this one's father derived. And you can, oh my gosh, you can tell I'm not good enough people because they are trying to achieve. It's like, I need to achieve to be good enough. Like that's what's going to, um, then I'll be enough. Like people that are just so driven, but it's that kind of thing of like, when you get that achievement, you're not satisfied. You're not fulfilled. It wasn't enough. I'm still not enough. Oh my God. It's because you were coming from not enough. Like it's never going to be enough. You know, I talk about this with money sometimes as well. When you're coming from that place of lack, even if you, even if you get that income that you want or you get the amount of savings you want, it won't feel like enough. It needs to be more. Right. So that's what happens when you're coming from that place of lack and seeking that wholeness through an external, what you've deemed to be, oh, well, that external thing will finally give me enough, but it doesn't because it's never enough, right? And, you know, this is the very thing that can make some people actually really judge and criticize having any ambition and having any um, you know, desire to achieve and to create and to achieve big things and to grow and expand because a lot of times people assume that oh it must be this it must be that you are you are coming from lack you are trying to compensate you're trying to get more, and it will never be enough and I mean sometimes that's very true, but that's not the only way you can have motivation and desire to create, to grow, to expand, to, you know, to grow a business, to, to, um, have success. That's not the only, um, yeah, motivation and driver, but a lot of people, um, you know, will put you down for it because they'll think that it's this and that it will never be enough, but it's also just, an excuse to, uh, you know, feel more comfortable about themselves and like, oh, you know, it's bad to want things um, when that just ain't true. But you want to have that awareness of where you're coming from with your desires and what you're creating. And what I find with this one is that I can have this, like I can switch between this and my greatness orientation. Like I can switch between coming from a place of not good enough or it'll complete me when I'm earning this much money or I've got this many clients, that'll complete me. And then also just the genuine heart desire of creating those same outcomes. But you will, um, you know, you'll do very different things depending which way place you're coming from. So, you know, it really matters where you're coming from. Uh, not necessarily what you're looking at. So, they're two of the really big ones. Um, I'm just going to read out one more. I'm going to read out, I don't have the capacity. So, this is another father-derived one. And so, this one is someone who feels like they don't have the capacity for what they want. So, they they need to accumulate that capacity. They need to accumulate money. They need to accumulate time. They need to accumulate resources that will enable them to get the things they want and do the things they want. So, people with, I don't have the capacity generally only um, try things. They know how to do. They want to control their environment. Um, they get overwhelmed overcommitted or underinvolved um consider themselves to be not very smart and uh, get confused bewildered unsure Um, so that's the, I don't have the capacity belief. So they are three of the fundamental beliefs. And I think it's so empowering to really get a grasp of them and not necessarily try to define all the ones you have, like that's really helpful, but to understand them and notice when any of them are popping up for you. And when any of them are taking hold of any situation and blocking your power, blocking you from creating the things that you love and really and understand what your strategies are. Like that's, you know, that's partly what's really helpful to know is like, oh, I'm doing that strategy to because I'm defining myself as this and um you know and it's totally like got me on a false mission when I could be taking action towards what I would love. So I hope that has served you. I hope that was interesting for you. I am actually going to be teaching the full 12 fundamental beliefs in my upcoming course, the Superconscious conscious creatress, which is starting uh, in about two weeks actually from when this podcast episode is going live. This is going, if you like my podcast, Honestly, you should do this program, right? And I don't say that lightly, like this, this is just a core fundamental program that I, I just think everyone should do. So if you resonate resonate with me and my teaching, then you know I would really love to share this with you. I'm going to be offering this round of the course at a hugely discounted price because it's my first time running this as a course. I have Um, You know, I have taught this in other contexts. This is like the main stuff that I use with my one-to-one clients, but it's my first time putting it into a course. And if you want to do this and get it at a super special rate, then come along to the course that I'm running in two weeks time. You're going to like, it's going to blow your socks off. Even if you've done like all the personal development before this is going to blow your socks off. You're going to absolutely freaking love it, and it's a total steal um, at the $200 discount that I'm offering for this round only. It will be at its full price the next time I run it next year. So head over to my website to check that out. Well, to check it out, but to jump on board, if you're here listening to this, just just jump on board with it. I'm not joking. Uh, The link is also in the episode description for this episode. So you can click directly on that, sign up, secure your spot. I hope to see you in the course. Sending you lots of love, gorgeous, and I'll see you in the next episode.